0: Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We're here again with Cody Nelson, the optics manager of GoHunt.com Gear Shop. Gear... GoHunt.com is the title sponsor of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Cody, the glassing guru, it's nice to have you again. Nice to be here. It's always nice to be here. We're going to continue to dive into some of these questions. The listeners get so much value out of uh, you know being able to ask questions and get answers. So let's just dive right into it. On Instagram, Jack underscore sun 14. He asks, Swaro 15s and a 95 BTX or... Swirrrow fifteens and a variable zoom spotter, so from is, it, s-
1: is it wrong to say all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of the above all from the, the of sounds above?
0: of it, the swirl fifteens he's dead set on the swirl fifteens, but he's trying to decide if a ninety five BTX or a variable zoom spotter again, Oof. like we've talked, um, you know you probably need more information to give it, a you know probably the best answer for that person. It, you could give your opinion on the subject but my but opinion you need to know what, count. right and you need to know what are you using it for most um in order to do that but well the it, dilemma that he's in is he's he's obviously picked the Swaro 15s as his primary binocular that he wants to glass through but then he's having a hard time with the 95 btx it yeah. sounds like with the with the double eyes you know with with a fixed zoom and then he's thinking that there's an, a need for possibly a variable it, zoom he's not going down scope. the wrong road right. at all right
1: um wow you know because you and i both talked about the btx big eyes and that whole solution um i guess the thing that i would ask first is you know can you look through spotting scopes and I, and I, I think what needs to be said about that real quick is is that look I don't care whether you choose you know angled or straight we we've, we'll, we'll cover that again and 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 that that question will continually come up and there's nothing wrong whatever you choose d- it doesn't matter but at the end of the day I have people that literally will call and go I hate spotting scopes I've tried looking through spotting scopes and they can't do it. I'm not wearing a patch. I'm not buying, you know, they yeah. start going through the whole thing. Okay. Well, if that's your answer, then you got to go BTX. Right. But if, if, if you're willing to put the time in and I say, I, I don't, you know, I guess you could call it practice, but to me, it's like lifting weights. If you're, if you're li- literally willing to exercise your eye behind a spotting scope for any length of time. It's one of the most valuable tools that we have out there, especially if you're going 95 because it, you go from 30 to 70, and we've talked about how valuable that is over 50 power. Right. It's the most valuable tool in spotting scopes over 50 power of anything that's out there. And I'm not going to give you the answers to what I'm, because I think there's a question coming up about another product. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. But,
0: Cause we do have another question on but
1: that. But my, my, you know, my point being is, is that, man, I mean, that's, it, it's, it's tough. Um, I, I, if I, would, if I had to choose one, I mean, if you're just asking me and I had to choose one, I would go spotting scope and I'm going to tell you because what I do with the BTX in scouting is not the same as what I do with a, a spotting scope and when, when we're actually looking at animals and trying to figure out how to kill them. Right. The, and that, that's, that's a,
0: one thing I was going to go into with the BTX. The BTX is great for long-range glassing. Um, you've got a lightweight setup compared to, you know, the COAs, the Doctors, some of the other, you know, some of the other long-range options. Um, and it's great you know a btx is great for a guy that's going to coos deer hunt or sheep hunt or even you know you know western state mule deer hunt right. you know and you know nevada or something be looking long ranges where you're going to be glassing long periods of time a btx is phenomenal um you know if if you're from my perspective if you've already decided on the 15 Swaros I would probably go with a great spotting scope like a 95 or an 85 millimeter Swaro. I agree. Maybe even that new Zeiss. Um, But at that point, then you're using the spotting scope to, you glass a buck up, you switch to the spotting scope and decide, is that a buck that I should go after or not? Whereas with the BTX, you're using that all day and that's what you basically use and you can, at long ranges, usually determine with 30 power, 35, if 35, you're using the 95. Right. Um, you know, at, at first glance, you can be like, that's a buck that I need to either get a closer look at, or I can tell right away because now you've got 20 more power than your 15s. You can already say, that's not even a buck I want to go after. Right. The fine line is where when that distance becomes far enough that you need that extra more than 35 power right you know into the 50 60 70 power range of say the swarovski 95 95 um stx or atx where now you're able to extend you know where you're at 35 power now you're at 70 power and you can go okay that buck's not what we want right Um, but I feel like it's kind of a double-edged sword because with the BTX, a lot of times looking through both eyes comfortably, even at 35 power, you're like, nah, I see enough of it. Exactly. So it's, you know,
1: I, I, I think that, you know, if you were just going to answer the question as clearly and as concise and short as possible, I think you have to ask yourself, do you want both eyes open or do you not? I mean, I I mean I, I I because you know and then you know the 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 piece that that you know he's not mentioning there is well you can do the 1.7 extender um and I've used that product I like that product um up to a certain point I think it's got a lot of use um because you know especially on the you know I mean I've take that to 50 power or 70 power what not pretty quick and and I think that there's there's a uh uh i mean there's certainly a uh a, a need for that and being able to to up your game a little bit and you're saving some weight and space and i get it um but I think to get you know really in depth again about the whole system that sarovsky's putting together there it's the most versatile thing on the planet i mean it, it's it's the best glassing system on the planet i'm not trying to eke anybody else out but ha- i mean you've got so much at your fingertips with that so yeah. in you know in in, in 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 inevitably even if i have the spotting scope at some point you're especially just for a, a scouting tool yeah you're gonna get the BTX. the BTX is gonna wind up in your yeah in your bag of trick. I, I I it can't right. not if you have
0: the 95 objective, you might as well buy the BTX eyepiece. Yeah, because
1: even if I'm just gonna use it for scouting, but it, you sell optics. Well, I do, <laughs> I do. I know a guy. But that's the thing is, is that that that, that you know that long range glassing. I think that that's the product that changes, and it's literally like flip flopped how people are scouting.
0: Oh yeah. And I think the success is going up dramatically. I think people are getting better. And, I mean, when the 15s came out, you know, that was long-range glassing. And now with the COAs, with the BTX, with the doctors, with the twin spotters, I mean, it's gone to a whole no- nother level. I have
1: to – there's actually a – I actually had a guy tell me the other day, uh, a friend of ours, and said, hey, do you two have to tell him everything? <laughs> Do you have to tell him everything? Yeah, the the answer is yes. Okay, let's go to the next
0: question. Swaro 95 versus the Zeiss Harpia. Now, I haven't had a chance to look at the Zeiss Harpia, but I've heard a lot of really good things. We kind of touched on it on another podcast episode. And then he goes on to say uh, pan head versus fluid head for big glass. So let's first answer the Swaro ninety five versus the Zeiss Harpia. Well tell me what you know about the Zeiss Harpia and it, it, what look
1: th- I've looked through the Harpia. I've I mean and, and, and I'm going to be flat out honest and I've compared them at the shop. I have not had them on a full blown I'm I'm actually looking to try to do that this December. I have not done a full blown comparison, looking at game in field conditions, in the, you know on tripods, and, and, and looking at game at you know x number of distances. So, so from what um, I'm
0: hearing, though Zeiss has they've stepped it up.
1: No, they've they've stepped it up for sure. That, that that's a that's a that's something to be looking at
0: so your verdict is still out um,
1: it's can- it i mean it's still out you know is it going to replace my 95 you know Swaro right now i, I i'm not going to tell you yes because i haven't had it's not fair for me to say that but i like what they did and in what i've seen so far um they've got some pretty unique characteristics about the zoom and what it does to the image and the focusing so i'm the, you know, the jury's out, but I'm really excited about that product. Are you thinking that it could get a little bit more fine-tuned uh, focus? Um, it, it, I don't know that it's... Well, yeah. Um, it, it it mainly has to do with um, the, the focusing at length and refocusing. Mm-hmm. Or I, maybe I should say the of not having to refocus. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and, and I think that they've, uh, and it, it all has to do with the construction of it and where things, you know, in what order they are in terms of the internals. So um, I'll be able to really kind of put that in better words, hopefully at the end of the month. Good. Uh, pan
0: head versus fluid head for big glass. Before, before you go into pan head versus fluid head, explain the difference.
1: Well, I mean, there's a true pan head actually has uses fluid in it so they're kind of the same well th- yeah and they're but one of them a true fluid head would would have technically would technically be be smoother and and its adjustments would be more fine if that makes sense so um You know, but a pant, I I mean, I I would always go with the fluid head.
0: For the big glass, you know, we're talking Koa, we're talking doctor, we're talking BTX, we're talking twin spotters, we're talking, you know, what head out there is one that you like? And while we're at it, it's not part of this question, but what head are you liking for that? Granted, if you're like me on the big glass, you want to have a Pretty heavy-duty head. You're going to mm-hmm. sacrifice weight where you're, you know, you're willing to carry more weight for that stability of, you know, when you start getting heavier glass, you need that stable platform.
1: T- typically speaking, and look, I'm still a big proponent of the Manfrotto 502. You know, with that that center neck tension because that I, I think that changed the the big glass um, heads, if you will, uh, when when you could really get that tension you know, in there. Um, so the 502 is still the, my, my only knock on the 502 is, is that it's a really big head and, to, you know, for packs and it just, it's a little bit of an annoyance. Um, you know, you, you, you I, I know the 500 um, the, the MBH 500 is, is a solid head. Um, a lot of people like that side mount on it because there's that little flip lever. Um, that's a, certainly a good head and something I'd look at. Um, I, I've been, you know, I'm going to say it and I'm not trying to oversell it because I just don't think it has to sell itself that the V, you know, the, the Subaru VA5, um, is such a strong little head that I've actually been getting pictures, um, from Outfitters Jay that we know that are using their Koas on it. And I'm, I don't know that it would be the perfect for a set of Koas, but it does pretty darn good. Um, and you and I have talked about the old 701, HD, you know, HDVs. Mm-hmm. Um that you could use a Koa on that. And I Why think Why'd they this,
0: discontinue that head? That was a phenomenal head, in, in my opinion. Use the big plate and I, one of I, the best one of the best heads they've ever made and they discontinued it.
1: Well, and I think, you know, after, if you remember our conversation that we were talking about the other day, I I mentioned that um, Manfrotto and Bogan used to be owned by separate families and they were together. Um, My understanding is, is that those companies have been sold and you now have different people running them and a lot of the changes that they started to make were not, you know, the old, you know, the old school thinking, um, there's been a lot of changes that they've made that I haven't been exactly pleased with. They've, they've come out with some really good products, but getting rid of that 701, man, that was just, I'm fortunate. I, I have one that basically is brand new. Yeah, I have a dang near brand new one outside too. And I, I mean, and I, man, that's hard. And, you know, you'll have to probably take my VH, whatever, and use it for a while, but Whew, it, I I can't find anything you know that I like to use better right now. Yeah, um, it's been kind of my go-to, and I think it, it it runs the course along a a wide variety of of optics. You know, from
0: lightweight to heavyweight. And he's talking about the Swaro ninety-five and the Zeiss Harpia. So he's talking about big glass, meaning mm-hmm. a big spotting scope. And you talked about balance before. Um, but certainly when you start getting into the 95 objectives of both of those, and I'm not sure if the Harpia goes quite to 95, but what, you know, it, it's big, um, you definitely want to have stability. You want to have a head that,
1: you know, can hold that and balance that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, 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 the panning motion is typically going to be pretty easy to, to regulate. It's a tilt. But it's the tilt that always gets everybody, and and I've just found that this VA five and you know like the old seven oh HV and 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 you know but the five oh two and the the five hundreds and even the X pros and those they just have enough tension on them that you can you know you can get them to you know I want to use the word free float but you know there's you just. Feather. Yeah. Just feather it in and and get it to where the weight's real balanced. And, and, and what I'm looking for is, is that, you know, I typically sit on a stool and then, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm, I I typically don't use the handles. I kind of use the optic because, you know, like on the co is it's that heavy. Um, I'm looking for an, when you do that, I'm looking for something that you're able to move it where you want it. And if I let my hands off, it doesn't move. Right. Now, if I want to lock it down, I lock it down. But if if I'm just looking and I just want to kind of make Back sure off. that I'm not touching it, my legs, my arms, and there's nothing on it, I just want it as clear and as clean a look as I can, um, that's what I want that head to do. Right. I, I want it to stop when I need it to stop. Right. and I don't want to have to touch it or hold
0: it to, right. to keep it in place. Yep. Let's go to the next question. On What would you invest more of your money in? On optics, binos or a spotter, and why?
1: This comes from SD. That's easy. SD period. Lorax. That's it. To me, it's the eighty-five percent. It's, and we've talked about this at length. And and Jay, you can add what you want, but you should be looking through your binos eighty-five percent of the time, if not more. Correct. And
0: so you're saying spend more of your money on a great bino than a spotter, because that
1: question comes up a lot. With chest binoculars and 15s, well, if I'm carrying 10s, 15s, and a spotter, I'm going to use those 15s at least 85% of the time. Right, because you're going to a high point to glass. Right, and 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 people would say, well, you know, do I have to have ELs for the chest? or And, and they'll tell me, oh, I have a set of, you know, Vortex razors or something or Vipers or whatever. I'm like, great. Knock yourself out. Use them. Keep them on your chest. Look at what you need to look at as you're moving into your spot or doing whatever you're doing, because the the whole if if you see something with your eyes and you're going to check it out and confirm it, you're going to stay in play. Which you're going to pull your you know tripod out and you're going to put your 15s on it and you're really going to look at it. Right. So I I would just almost always rather have my my money into my binoculars, brother. No matter yeah. what you're mounting. I'd rather have my money in my binoculars, and then yeah, because save you got to find it first. Spotters
0: used to really define and, <clears throat> and evaluate, you know. But you got to find that buck or that ram or that bull first, right? And even in that case, if you had to choose, you're not going to sit there and glass around with one eye with a spotter. You so I, I agree. That's an easy, you know, go with the go well, with the great binos. If you can okay. only afford one, go with great pair of binos, I and agree. you should be great. Let's yep. go to the next question. Uh, uh, Colden underscore Mercer, uh, Preston Mercer's kid. Great, great golfer. <laughs> um, great, great family. Uh, difference in range finders between different optics and how to find slope, change, and angle. So it sounds like he's talking about some of the angle compensation range finders and stuff. The differences. You've got a wide variety oh, of man. range finders out I'll, there.
1: Almost all of them do it. Um, it's almost a rarity to find one that doesn't do angle now. Um, but well, I mean, you got range finding binoculars. You've you got, got you've got, you got compact you got range compact. finders. Um, you know, it, it, I think if you're in, and I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with this, but you know, for me personally, if I'm a bow hunter, I really I kind of lean towards the compacts. If I'm, if I'm a, a, a rifle hunter, I start leaning towards the, the, uh, the, the binoculars. Um, all of them have angle compensation, um, capabilities. Um, there are a few binoculars that, um, you know, like some of the Leicas will go down to 10 yards and out to 800 yards, you know, with the, the angle compensation, um, you know, a lot of people want to know why, th- because of the angle compensation at 10 yards, why they stop at 800. And because of the way they do the calculations, they have to keep the, um, the margin of error to a minimum. And so when they tell you that they're going to 800, they're typically saying that, you know, it's going to be within a yard or a yard and a half at that distance. So um, as to where if it's at 10 yards, they're going to be right on. So, um, you know, there's – man, there's – Well, let me
0: ask you a question. There's a whole range of affordable range finders. You can go from fairly affordable all the way up to pretty pricey, um, and you get different levels of quality. Uh, But you guys at Go Hunt at the gear shop, GoHunt.com gear shop, you guys carry – a wide range of yeah, rangefinders. We do
1: loophole. We do um, the Leica. We do the uh, the the Vortex, and and just in those brands alone, how things have changed. You know, almost everybody does a thousand yard, or you know, now seems to be thirteen hundred yard. Right. You um, do the Zeiss and Swarovski as well, right? Uh, well, yeah, but I'm talking about the compacts, okay. and then the binoculars. You do the Leica, the Zeiss, and then the Furies, and and that's the thing is is it it's um it, you know it it it, it you know I, I this is kind of making me have ideas about how I want to feature some of this stuff but um it it's there's such a variety now of what we, we didn't have those choices right ten, year. ten years years i mean you just pretty much like here here's a geovid you know range finder in your binocular or you had you know like my first range finder that that um it was a uh, it was a nikon 600 and it didn't even do it didn't even do angle yeah and then they came out with the nikon 1000 and it did um <laughs> it it did the angle so yeah, you um, start
0: talking about true distance and then you start talking about adding angle compensation i mean absolutely. it's just made everybody better because you could have, you know, a 350-yard shot distance, but it's at a different angle. It, it throws that number dramatically. Well, so it's amazing how technology has changed our ability as hunters to be better.
1: The first year that I got that Ranger 1000, if I didn't have that, man, I, I, it was an awful deal. Because I, where I was shooting from and where that animal was, it was, if I, it was like 407 line of sight. And the corrected <laughs> the corrected distance was 368. Yeah, I mean that. Makes a difference. And so I mean, and, and it was. I mean, it was shooting straight downhill. So, yeah, okay. I hope I've answered that question. But um, th- those are questions that I think need to be talked about, so that I can find out exactly what a guy's needs are and what he's trying to do.
0: Got another question here texas panhandle says other than gain elevation what tips do you have for glassing flat tall grass prairie you know obviously you talk about the elevation you know use contour lines you know if, if you can't gain elevation you know use ridge lines use any bit of elevation going back to it that you can to look down and across right um
1: well, I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, in those kind of situations, you know, and I've had the, the fortune of, of, of hunting, you know, f- kind of from Amarillo to, you know, up into liberal and, and that Southwestern Kansas and those white bucks, I, I don't care who, I, I mean, and I, and I am no expert at it. And I've only learned from guys that have been living there for, you know, 16, 70 years and, and I think it really pays to know, and what you're talking about, Jay, is is that if you can find any depression, and 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 really try to use Google, and try to understand if you can get to one point and it gives you just a little bit in into where 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 those bucks hold up during the wind or getting out of the sun, you know, I mean, whatever they're trying to do, um, I. I, I you just got to put yourself in those angles yeah. to where you can look into stuff.
0: I mean, a lot of guys that are antelope hunters, you know, they'll get up on – they'll have a platform on the bed of their truck or they'll have something on top where they can get as high oh, as yeah. they can to, yep. you know, glass out into those flats. Um, but it's all about finding just those little rises of contour because, you know, you've got to – if it's flat, you can only see so far. So you've got to get up where you can see a, a at a – little bit higher angle it gives you a a further distance that you can well and
1: and the other thing is is that i would um you know again distance is a factor and so the power of binocular that you end up using obviously would maybe be different with the different distances but what i would say this it when you start looking into grass and i don't care if you're hunting coos deer or whitetail back it doesn't matter you, you have to slow down. Right. Because if the wind is just even slightly, you're looking at it. Now you're looking for the tip of an, you're literally looking for the tip of an antler or something to change and give you, you know, um, an idea that, that, you know, that, that animal's there. So I, I it comes back to, uh, super bright glass, um, glass that you can kind of look into the shadows and look through brush to the best of your ability and 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 tripod up and slow down i i, I that's yeah. you know one of the best ways i can think to do that
0: another question from uh new mexico bowhunter 727 he says wide angle or not when choosing a swirl spotter um i love that 25 to 50 wide angle mm-hmm. eyepiece i'm using that in my twin spotters. twins s- Uh, Set up with the 75 millimeter. Um, But even as just on a spotter, I like that 25 to 50 wide angle eyepiece. Um, But obviously in my 95, it's a 30 to 70. Curious your thoughts on that.
1: You know, I think if you look at the the numbers, and and I'm pretty sure that he's referring to the 25 to 50 versus the 20 to 60. Right. So I kind of look at it this way. If I'm going with the 20 to 50, or I should, it, I, I, what i should say is if i'm going to the the 65 millimeter i'm almost in i'm going to use the 25 to 50 and and the reason being is is because if if i if i, if I my stats are correct that 25 power has almost or if not oh, as wide a field of view as the 20 power does in a lower power so If I can get 25, if I can get five more power and I have the same relatively the same field of view, I think I've gained. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like the 50 at the at the top end because on a 65 power spotting scope, I'm probably never going to use 60 anyway because the exit pupil becomes so small that I like how that 50 power looks through the 65. So if I was going to buy the 80. Maybe the, you know, if someone's looking at cost difference and, you know, because the, the 20 to 20, 25 to 50 is a more expensive by about 300 bucks and you're going to pay more money for the 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 80 millimeter. So if you're doing that, I can see a reason why a guy would just simply go with the 20 to 60 by 80 um, of which, by the way, that's kind of the spotting scope that all other spotting scopes were kind of designed. Were, were i mean that's what everybody was shooting to beat and everybody right. was trying to you know, that's what everything was measured by um and 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 you know when you turn it up to 40, forty fifty you know sixty um you can still get a pretty decent picture it's not as good as the ninety five and the seventy but you know it's uh it it's something to be you know to think about anyway i, I like the twenty five to fifty in a in a uh, in a sixty five and then on the eighty i like the the twenty to sixties
0: Dawn to Dusk Productions says, "On a budget, two pieces of glass. You would recommend? I assume he's talking binocular, but it's two pieces of glass. You'd recommend on a budget?" And and I would say, "What budget?" Well, but I assume he's talking about uh, trying to save as much money as he can and get the most value that he can. Um,
1: you know. I I think if if and I'd say
0: give two or three or four. If well, that, that, that's what I people. was gonna
1: do, Yeah, I'm I'm thinking, you know, the 1042s. Um, SLC. The, yeah, I'm thinking that the the you go Sarovsky 1042 SLCs. You go, um, uh, uh, Conquest HD 1042s. You know, um, it, it, the 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 Vortex 1042 Razors, um you know, I mean, you know, the, the, um, you can even throw the, the Leica Trinavid, you know, that they're, they have a Trinavid that's in that thousand dollar range that that's an awesome piece of glass. Um, if you're in a $500 range, um, you know, look real strongly at the, the Viper HDs. Um, that's a real good piece of glass. Um, loophole does the, um, you know, their, uh, um, what is it? Uh, BX fours and BX fives. That's something to look at now. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm assuming that he's talking about, you know, like a binocular and a spotting scope or, and, um, again, you know, the, on the lowest end, the, the Viper HDs, and then you move into the, the Gavias, uh, which is, uh, the, the Zeiss Gavias, um, their spotting scope, uh, it's kind of their new mid-range spotting scope, um, and the, the Vortex Razors, um, real strong, so uh i mean there's there's quite a bit of options to choose from in there um and just remember upgrading glass is better than not so you know even if you're making small increments is better than than you know than not making any increments at all and these are the these are exact questions that you want guys to call and talk to you about
0: and you want to be able to go through each one with them talking about where they live where they hunt primarily what they're using them for and, you know, what their budget is, you know, and if they think they're going to be upgrading in a year or two, you know, how long are they going to be using them, that type
1: of stuff. That's yeah, what the, you, the, the best way that I can help you stay in a budget and spend your money is if I fully understand what your, what your, what your, your needs are.
0: Sure. Uh, we've got Kevin M. 2047. He says, you talk about what's the best binoculars and spotting scopes a lot, but what about rifle scopes?
1: Well, rifle scopes is uh, that's a it's a deep subject, um, and it's everything still applies. The, all the same companies that we're talking about, um, they're all good, you know, reputable companies. Um, you know, the things that people start to get questions about now, and what's most important to them um, is you know because we're we're ranging and we're we're using the dial to, to you know come up. And you know we're using MOAs or quarter inch clicks or you know whatever it is, um, so you'll get questions about well how good are the, you know is the the the, the system you know how uh, you know is it reliable does it hit the same spot every time, um, and I'm going to tell you that that you know for the most part um, most scopes that we're talking about today they absolutely do what we say they're you know you know and what the companies say they're going to do. Um, I was not a big believer in, in, you know, that kind of thought process for a lot of my, you know, younger years in hunting. And, you know, the more I got along, um, the more I wanted to shoot a little farther. I am not a, um... I mean, I've done it and I like it and it's fun to shoot stuff, you know, especially the metal targets, you know, out of the thousand and, and beyond. I, 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 it's, it's crazy to think the distances we can do that stuff at, you know, but I'm a six or 700 yard shooter, you know, for, for game. And I like to be really proficient at that. Um, and it's the same reason with a bow. I'm a 50 yard shooter. I, I like shooting it at certain distances and, and, the discipline is whether I'm going to go beyond that distance or not. But it, as it as it, as it applies to the rifle scopes, um, I think putting your money into the best scopes that you can afford, um, and having a, a rifle and that is mounted correctly and on a gun that will that will you know shoot at you know one inch or better average is what I would be looking for. Um, but, I think that the scope has to be the most repeatable part of that. Most rifles today will shoot pretty decent with all the different factory loads that we have. Um, you've got to put your money into a scope. and that scope <clears throat> the options that we have today are a thousandfold to what we had twenty and thirty years ago. You know, you have um scopes now that have eight times the power range. You know, so um, you know, a two point three to an eighteen. I mean, we didn't, we just didn't have that stuff available to us back then. Um, you know, the the long range game has changed a lot about how we look at scopes. I mean, I haven't sold a, you know, like a regular three benign, you know, like loophole rifle scope in in a very long time. And there's just people just don't use them. I mean, there there are people that do. But the majority it, doesn't. The, ma- the majority is just, you know they they want like the minimum scope now is like a four to twelve I mean you know typically power on that other end is at least twelve power um very few uh towns but um yeah I, I I you know maybe we ought to do a a podcast where we just do one like scopes for that Go whole time of the rifle and, and yeah because yeah. it's um reticles are incredibly individual um you know there's first focal plane second focal plane and there's all kinds of different shooting systems and maybe we need to go through that with people and give them that kind of an insight to that because um that we, we i get those questions every day and we answer them and you know and, and we do what we have to do to you know to to get them into what works for them sure
0: so Cody, I appreciate your time. We're going to dive into some of the other questions on another episode. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, uh, the, the gear shop, and that's Cody's the optics manager of that gear shop, the glassing guru. Uh, you can reach Cody directly at 702-847-8747, extension 2, uh, or you can email him at optics at GoHunt.com. And Cody... Uh, one thing I didn't point out in the other podcast episode is you've promised me and you have already been taking care of the oh, J yeah. Scott outdoors listeners. Yep. And if they call and mention my name, uh, you're going to take care of those people. And I yeah. appreciate that. Absolutely. I also want my to pleasure. thank, I want to thank Go Hunt for their sponsorship of the podcast. I want to thank Kuyu. That's K-U-I-U.com. Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. I want to thank canyoncoolers.com. If you use the JScott promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. Phonescope.com. If you use the jscott 18 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. Uh, I use Phonescope if you look at my Instagram. A lot of those videos, most all of those videos, are shot through a Phonescope. Uh, and then OnyxMaps.com. If you use the jscott 18 promo code, Uh, You're going to get a 20% discount. I've been using OnX. I just used it on the sheep hunt, trying to figure out how to get up there and kill that sheep from point to point. You can measure line distance. And, you know, I used it a bunch trying to get in there and figure out how to get that ram killed. Uh, But thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. Uh, Love doing it. want to encourage the listeners to reach out to Cody. Again, he can be reached at 702-847-8747. That's extension (laughs) 2. Or send him an email at optics at gohunt.com. Guys, thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Jay.